You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Industry trends impacting practices revenues. What has changed and where are we going? The trends impacting our business greatly affects our revenue cycle. Welcome to the Business of Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. We are joined by Bob Gatewood, expert in the field of practice management technology and product development. Bob is Director of Revenue Cycle Product Development at Athena Health, Inc., and oversees their unique revenue cycle management offering. Athena Health is the largest provider of on-demand revenue cycle management solutions to medical practices, managing over $2.3 billion in physician revenues a year for 10,000 medical providers around the nation. Bob was instrumental in the product's initial development and expansion. Welcome to the show, Bob. Thanks for having me, Larry. Bob, can you tell me some of the emerging market trends in revenue management? Oh, yeah. There are a lot of exciting things on the horizon. So one of our projects for later this year is real-time adjudication. That sounds painful. (laughs) Yeah. It could be good, though. So Athena Health sits in the middle in between the physician, the provider, and the payer. The value that we bring to both sides is that we make the communication and 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 the transport of information easier for both parties involved. So real-time adjudication is exciting because we can begin to reach into the payer's payment systems and we can tell the physician almost immediately whether or not he'll get paid and how much he'll get paid for that service. And that's a very important component in dealing with consumer-directed health care. So this CDH buzzword is uh, popular right now. What it really means is that more of, of the responsibility for payment is going to fall on the, on the patient. So the spin on CDH is that uh, patients will start to act more like shoppers and will will take more responsibility for their care. But it puts a, an even bigger burden on the provider because if the provider doesn't manage that self-pay portion aggressively and correctly, then the provider is going to be left holding the bag. Bob, how about a real-life example of how that will play out in, front, in the front desk? Say, for instance, um, I've got a CDH plan, I've got a high-deductible plan, maybe my deductible $5,000 a year or something. And I've got a healthcare savings account. And so the first 5000 is tax-free, and I put it in this HSA, whatever. I go to see my physician. I get a mole removed or something, and maybe it's a 250 or a $300 procedure. So the physician doesn't know what my deductible is and doesn't know that I haven't met my deductible yet, so goes ahead and sends the claim for $250 to my insurer. The insurer denies it. Right. And it comes back to the to the provider staff, the providers, and it says, um, you know, transfer this balance to the patient. So okay, so they go and they transfer it to me. I get a statement, maybe 45 or 60 days later, I get a bill from my doctor for 250 dollars. And if I wasn't expecting that, you're outraged. I'm outraged, and as we know, uh, I put it at the bottom of my pile. And, you know, I wait for the second or the third statement to come in, or maybe I wait for a call from a collections agency before I really get motivated to pay my doctor. So before the doc, if the doctor gets paid and he's waiting 200 days, but there's also a risk that I'm going to skip on the bill. So it's more expensive for the doctor to get that money, and there's a bigger risk of him not getting the money. So with the real-time adjudication, uh, if I understand it, is that will happen in real time before the patient even leaves the office. Right. So the, the vision on how to, on a, how to deal with consumer-directed health care is that I would call that dermatologist, for instance, and say, hey, I, you know, my mole has changed. Uh, I need to have you take a look at it. And, and he would say right up front, okay, well, I, I can see here from your card that you've got a, a CDH plan 
and that you've got a high deductible. And uh, you know, if I need to remove the mole, it's going to be about $250. And how are you going to pay for that? And I'd say, okay, well, I've got this flexible spending account card, or I've got my HSA card. I give it to them. They record my number, and then they just bill it. So the patient is not really coming up with cash out of their pocket. They're giving them a credit card, so to speak. That's one way to do it. But the point is to set the expectations with the patient before they come in about what the out-of-pocket expense is going to be. And it's very difficult to do that today. So in order to properly tell a patient how much they're going to owe before something happens, you've got to know what insurance they have, what the allowable amount for the likely procedure you're going to perform is. You've got to know what my coinsurance is. You've got to know how much of my deductible I've already met for the year. And uh, that's just a lot of information that needs to come together. And, and, and traditional practice management systems are not equipped to deal with that scenario. It's a lot of math and a lot of knowledge to expect from the front staff to even figure it out. It's crazy. Right. So uh, another thing that we've seen in our travels in medical practice management is that the front desk staff are often the most important people in the revenue cycle. They control the quality of the information. They control the, the communication with the patient. And if you haven't given them the right tools and haven't motivated them and compensated them correctly, um, you're going to wind up with uh, an unintended consequence. So when I start interviewing front staff, I should only look for mathematicians and, <laughs> and economists. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Economists, mathematicians. And they also have to be really friendly service people, too. Yeah, so they basically have to be everything, <laughs> everything. under the sun. Yes. You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell, and I'm with Bob Gatewood, expert in the field of practice management. And we're discussing the future of how to get paid in our practice. Um, Bob, there's a lot of big industry change going on. Uh, we're hearing about pay for performance. Personally, I'm scared. I'm wondering if I'm going to get paid. And we also have the NPI rule. So what should we be paying attention to in terms of our financial structure and current management? Yeah, you've, so those two are, are great examples of really pressing issues for every medical group. Every medical group needs to understand NPI, and the deadline was just extended, but that doesn't mean that there are not going to be some bumps in the road between now and, and next May 23rd. So you know, NPI is like HIPAA, in my mind, in that it's a, it's a government mandate that's in the intentions are correct. The intent is to simplify this universe of, of revenue cycle management. Right, but but uh, the, the pain that it's going to cause of course. In, in the short term is, is unfortunate. So it's kind of like ripping a Band-Aid off. Yeah, every practice needs to know what NPI is and needs to know what their number structure is and needs to already have their numbers, actually. On pay-for-performance, we're, we're seeing a, a whole bunch of different experiments in, in P4P. Some of them are, are promising, but they all carry with them some new administrative burden. So even Medicare's PQRI program, which pays a, a differential 1.5% for certain diagnoses and treatments. So, for, so the example that I always give is, a, is an MI, a, a heart attack. So a patient comes in uh, with, with uh, symptoms of an MI, and if the physician remembers and documents that he gave uh, aspirin immediately upon seeing that patient, and the staff remembers to put a special dummy G code on the claim, then that provider will get will qualify for that bonus payment at the end of the year. Well, that's a lot to remember. And you know, you're asking that front desk person that we just talked about, you're asking him or her to remember to do yet another thing. Well she is uh, a she is a 
mathematician. She is a mathematician <laughs> and a rocket scientist. With a very good memory. So what we've done to, to help with that is we've built all the Medicare PQRI rules right into our rules database. So now anytime, um, anytime a claim gets created for a patient to Medicare, and if the diagnosis code is in myocardial infarction, then a little note pops up in AthenaNet that reminds the data entry person to check the chart, and if the chart supports billing this special G code, click this button and we'll put it on there. So the staff doesn't have to remember this stuff, and and uh, and that's a that's a, a major. It's incredible. In environment. Yeah. <laughs> so how would I go about getting that extra fifty percent out of Medicare? What bells do I have to whistle, and what what do I have to jump through? You've got to know what they're paying for, so you've got to know what the diagnoses are, and then you've got to know what course of treatment they want. So they so Medicare wants you to administer aspirin immediately when someone presents with symptoms of a heart attack. So as long as you remember to do that as the physician and you mark the little code on your encounter slip that you administered aspirin, then the person at the front desk uh, would have to have to enter this special code, extra code on the claim. And then you just sit back and Medicare sends you a check at the end of the year. So they're paying me to practice good medicine. Yes, right. And, and, and we're seeing that in a couple of different places. Bob, as Director of Revenue Cycle Product Development, have you seen growth in terms of how it relates to your revenue cycle management solution? Um, growth in the, in the sense of, the, uh, of interest in the industry growing? Anything you'd like to add? Yeah, we've certainly seen growth. Our challenge is to create this market, is to explain to folks what revenue cycle management is and, and why our approach results in better financial performance for the practice. And, and the the traditional concepts of medical billing is really what it was called before we invented revenue cycle management. You would buy a tool and install it. You'd buy a piece of software and run it in your office and build up an operation uh, yourself. Or you outsourced it and you had a billing service and you sent encounter forms off to some other place and, and they just kind of went into a black hole. So we're neither of those. We're on a point in between those two ends of the spectrum. And we're, we're a lot closer to the service side, but we're not completely on the, on the service end of the spectrum. So the growth that we've seen is that more and more professionals in the industry are understanding that neither end of the spectrum will produce optimal results and that where we've put ourselves down on that spectrum is, is a much better place. Do you have any copycats out there? Is anyone trying to imitate what you're doing? There are several software-as-a-service copycats, um, if you want to call them that. That's, that's pretty easy to do. I mean, the, the ROI, and we're going to talk about ROI in a little bit, but the ROI on, on just software as a service is, is not bad. But what software as a service alone, I mean, it's just a tool delivered a better way, but it's still a tool. It, it's, it's still the exercise machine that's sitting collecting dust in the corner. What we've been able to do is, is start to educate the market, and, and that's, that's where we've seen um, a lot of interest. How are you educating the market? How are you getting the word out? Well, doing things like this, (laughs) that's one way. Um, We spend a lot on awareness and and advertising. We spend a lot of time knocking on doors. Uh, We we invite uh, thought leaders in large medical groups uh, a couple times a year to what we call Athena Institute, and we get them together in a forum to talk about the challenges that they face strategically, internally within their organizations, what the industry is presenting them with, where they see opportunities and threats. In my line of work, uh, word of mouth works best. And so how many of your new clients are actually coming from old clients? Uh, quite a few. So 
So word of mouth referrals and referrals from partners are really our best sources of leads. Um, so there are networks of forward-thinking physicians and, and medical managers in the world, and, and you're right, they talk to each other a lot, and, and we see them moving in packs a lot. So uh, regionally, it's interesting. You'll go into a town, and, and everybody in that town will be on the same solution. We've all kind of gone together into this thing. So um, we're we're trying to get into those thought networks and, and uh, start to explain Penet- how we're different. Penetrate the herd mentality yep. and protect yep. them from going over the cliff. Yeah. Well, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We've been talking to Bob Gatewood of Athena Health. I'm Dr. Larry Casco, and you've been listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.